Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. It's the Wrestling Classic Justin here. I just want to give a huge shout out to Maestro Classic. Have you ever wondered how superstars all stay so perfectly groomed? It's all because of Maestro Classic. Maestro Classic is the best in its category and loves crafting a better you in beard care. They are undeniably good at keeping your beard clean and conditioned. They have a sulfate-free beard wash to clean without drying your skin and leave a conditioning beard butter to help groom it smooth. The beard oil is silky smooth and will help give it a shine while the beard recovery is a deep conditioning rinse out product to help rejuvenate maestros. They also offer the trinity of hair care with lightweight pomade, gel, and leave-in conditioning cream to help make your hair feel as unconditionally good as your beard. And listen, I'm not just saying this because they sponsor and endorse the page and this podcast. I'm saying it because I use Maestro Classic myself and I have been using it for years now and I love the way my beard feels and how fresh and healthy it is. If you are a bearded man, trust me, it is very important to use the right oils and wash and creams to protect and keep your beard healthy. It's fun to use, the foam that comes on your beard when you're taking a shower using the beard wash and it's quality stuff. Guys, Maestro Classic is the real deal. And if you are a bearded man, do not look any further because this is the product for all of us. Maestro's Classic is one brand for every man. You can find them at Target or online. Or if you're in the partner state of Texas, you can check out the local Heb. Be sure to use your promo code TWC Maestro to save 25% if you do online purchases and keep doing the thing and get yourself some Maestro Classic. Ooh, yeah, dig it, Maestro, uh huh. And we are back for another casual conversation with the classic. And I am here with the hottest act in professional wrestling right now, Wardlow. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, especially with everything that's going on. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm glad we got through these technical difficulties. I hope things are working smoothly right now. I can't tell on my end, but I hope they are. Um it's a crazy time right now, and uh, how does it feel though? You're like one of like the most popular people in wrestling right now. Like everybody loves Wardlow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really can't grasp that or comprehend that. So <laughs> yeah. um, I, I feel I feel it a little bit. I know, you know, life has changed a little bit. Um, I guess my mentality doesn't really allow me 
to accept that or truly comprehend it. Uh, just because in my eyes, I still have so much further to go. <laughs> and right. in my eyes, uh, the journey's just begun. So I'm, I'm still a nobody in my eyes. Being uh, the classic wrestling page I am and, you know, sharing all the old school wrestling stuff, I want to ask you, like, was there a match or a moment that got you hooked to professional wrestling? Was there anything specific that made you go, oh, okay, this is something that I'm interested in? So I was introduced at such a young age um, that it was more of, it was the character and the spectacle of it all. Yeah. Uh, so, so I was too young to comprehend like what a good wrestling match or what a good technical wrestling match was. Yeah. But what I could comprehend was that when Brett the Hitman Hart came out with those shades and that hair and yeah. that jacket and he threw his arms out like this, I knew that he was the coolest SOB I've ever seen. Uh, and Brett Hart was really the one that he was my first love. And I just remember feeling feeling something when he would come out yeah uh, and growing up the only thing i wanted in life was to be front row at a show and have him come out and put those shades on me uh that he would do before every match to some yeah. lucky kid uh th that was the only thing i wanted as a kid unfortunately i didn't get to my first pro wrestling show <laughs> until i was uh, a teenager so i was well beyond that uh but yeah, Brett the Hitman Hart, I just, something really uh, just drew me towards him. And Mr. Perfect was yeah. another one when I was young. Um, and man, they just, it just, I fell in love with it at a young age. I just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It's a coincidence that you said you weren't really focusing on like the wrestling aspect of it. Because I can relate to that as a kid. The first people that popped out to me were like the Macho Man and the Undertaker because of the character. But yet you picked two of like the best wrestlers um, that the, the business had at that time. So that's, that's a coincidence. Have you had so, the opportunity to meet Bret Hart yet? I have. And you say that's okay. coincidental. And maybe that's <laughs> why they made me feel, though. Yeah. That, you know, they're so good at their job when Brett would sell. I... I I felt, you know, bad for him or when he was, you know, you know, maybe that's why they made me feel because they're damn good wrestlers. No, a hundred percent. And yes, I did have the opportunity to meet Bret Hart, which was awesome. Unfortunately, it was when I first started wrestling and I had this mentality that like, you know, act like you've been here before. Don't ask for pictures, you know, yeah. it, Oh, screw that today. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a picture with everybody. Like, I need yeah. that picture with Bret Hart, yeah. you know, so I'm mad I didn't at the time, but I'm sure I'll get another opportunity. That's awesome. So you mentioned uh, you met, it when, met him when you first started wrestling, so I had a couple of questions that will probably tie into that. What were you doing right before professional wrestling, and what made you decide that you were going to pursue that full-time? Oh, man. So, <laughs> you know, life doesn't always go as planned. Um, I wanted to be a professional wrestler my entire life. That, that was... Okay. It was, uh, this is so cliche, but, you know, people say destiny and, and things like that. But in my heart, in my mind, I was so carefree, yeah. probably too carefree, because in my head, I knew exactly what my future held. I knew at the age of 17 years old, I knew exactly what my life was going to be. And, and it, and it, 
it, it, it came out in my personality. I was very, I was very confident. I was very happy because I knew exactly what I was going to be and I knew what I wanted to be and I was going to make it happen. Um, maybe that was part of the problem. Maybe I got too comfortable and I, and I got too sure of myself yeah. um, without really knowing the proper steps involved. Um, you know, and I ended up going down a bad path and got involved with some bad people. And at the time, you know, there wasn't, you know, sign up and you can get a tryout. It was, it was $3,500 yeah. if you wanted a tryout. I didn't have $3,500. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know the independent wrestling existed. I had no, yeah. I, I, I grew, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. You know, this is before social media. I didn't know independent wrestling existed. So I had no clue where to start. So I worked at a car dealership starting in high school, washing cars, yeah. mop, mopping floors. Uh, so I stayed at this dealership and my plan was to make some money, save some money and go do that tryout at some point. But, you know, uh, life took me for a ride and I ended up working at that car dealership for way too long, a total of 13 years by the end <laughs> of it all. Um, so right, you know, before I quit my job, I had worked up to managing one of the service departments. Um, it had a number of employees under me and I can honestly say it was absolute hell. Um, it was a miserable job. It was a miserable yeah. lifestyle. And, uh, it caused, uh, a lot of issues with like drinking and depression and thank God, uh, one day I woke up and I just said, I don't accept this as my life. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. This yeah. isn't my life. This is somebody else's life. I have to, uh, I have to make this work. It's my only option. That's very scary to do. Like that's a big decision to take something. Well, yes, it's probably miserable, but it's comfortable, and to be like, yes. well, I'm gonna get leave this area comfort zone because I'm not happy here. As comfortable as it is, knowing that there's a paycheck coming in, knowing that I've been from the bottom and got to this position in this place. What what did what really pushed you to leave that? Like, were you just taking that risk on yourself? Yeah. So, I think at my lowest point. Um, yeah. my lowest point, I just, I remember I woke up one day and I had a bunch of roommates and it was just party all day, every day in this yeah. house. And I remember I woke up one morning and I heard them all out in the living room and I just never came out of my room that day. I spent yeah. my entire day in my bedroom. Um, I even pulled out a Bible. I was desperate, man. I, I was desperate yeah. to change my life. And it just hit me. It, it just hit me all in one day that this is not your life. You know what you're meant for and you're going to make it happen. And uh, oddly enough, the next month I went to uh, a show in Cleveland to kind yeah. of re-spark re that, to give me some motivation. And I'm walking through the arena and somebody hands me a flyer. And it's uh, a flyer for a, for a professional wrestling show in Cleveland, like this little weird wrestling show. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and it was an, an indie show that I didn't know existed. And I turned it over and it said, contact us for our wrestling school. 
And oh, I went wow. my, bro, my mind was blown. I'm like, there's a wrestling school in Cleveland? Yeah, of course yeah. there's. There's like 14 of them. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I called them, and the next week I was there in my shorts and tennis shoes, not knowing what the hell I was doing, but I was there. And that was my first time in a ring, and this place was a shithole. I mean, it was called yeah. the Dungeon, and it was a dungeon. Yeah. Real bad part of Cleveland. It was me and literally one other dude in this tiny little ring. Um, the first day I puked three times, uh, but just kept coming back and I fell in love. You know, honestly, if you don't get that puke feeling the first time, even if you start personal training, so I feel like you're not trying hard enough. Every time I start with a personal training, you go, like, okay, you're pushing me. And I know you're pushing me now because I feel like, uh, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember Lamont Williams. He's like, man, yeah. he's like that first day, right in the middle of the drill you didn't say anything you just got up ran out of the building he's like i swear i did not think you were coming back that's a, that's I, the biggest thing if you puked and you came back that speaks levels because most people will puke and be like i'm done i'm good oh uh, bro i would be i would be in the middle of the drill <laughs> run out puke run back in and just start where i left off <laughs> not if anyone's listening to this they want to know what it takes it takes that you got to be able to puke and come back <laughs> that's awesome when did you start bodybuilding because obviously you're a, a massive man like you you yeah. you're huge you resemble a lot of the wrestlers that we grew up watching when did bodybuilding become a part of your life and when did you start implementing that was it before training or was it when you were training so i fell in love with exercise and working out at a very young age Okay. I'm an I'm a '90s kid. What did yeah. we grow up with in the '90s? It jacked up. I'm a '90s kid too. We're probably around the same age, so I know. So yeah. so a, a look at the entire world of professional wrestling at that time. Yeah. But separate from that, it was Sylvester Stallone. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, the '90s were the epitome of of all of that bodybuilding scene coming to life. Yeah. Um, so man, there was at one point I'm in elementary school. I'm in fifth and sixth grade, and I have a Bowflex in my oh, bedroom. Yeah. That took I we lived in a very small house, and this was some like some dinky Bowflex, like somebody yeah. gave us for free. I put it in my bedroom. There was you couldn't move in my bedroom. There was so enough room for my bed and a, a Bowflex, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. I loved working out. And again, you know, yeah. I was in really good shape my senior year and, and those first couple years. And then again, life. And I totally got out of it all. Um, yeah. You know, but, but things like that, the wrestling, the bodybuilding, that's so deep inside of me. That's in my blood. It doesn't matter how far off track I got. It, it was always going to come back. And that's something I will be wrestling and working out to the day I die. There was a, I, I did some research obviously before I had you on the show, and there was two names that came up from people that influenced you, and it caught me off guard because they're like so opposite on the spectrum of kinds of wrestlers that they <laughs> are. There's Dave Batista, and then there's Jeff Hardy. So <laughs> I see the J Dave Batista influence, and I also did grow up in that. I was a teenager when the whole Evolution 2005 Dave Batista thing happened. Be made me a huge Batista fan, but the Jeff Hardy part, I'm like, I never imagined you be like, I want to do Jeff Hardy stuff. How is that, how you we've seen you do a swanton here and there, but like speak about those influences and how they're so different, but how they both matter so much to you. So here's the thing about me, um, I don't really comprehend the way I look. 
Yeah. And I, I, I understand I'm 6'3", I'm 265, and I look like a, a Viking comic book character. Yeah. Like, And I feel like people judge me on that. And I think a lot of people, especially in the world of wrestling, assume, oh, this is some dude, at, you know, didn't make it as an actor, didn't make it as a professional athlete, didn't make it as a bodybuilder, whatever he was trying to pursue. So he's just given this a shot. It's like, nope, I am just like every five foot five, 160 pound backyarder because yeah. I was five foot five, 160 pound backyarder. I was yeah. a runt, bro. I was a no, runt. And I think, uh, I think I'm glad you're bringing that up because I think people might think, oh, he's huge. He got this opportunity because he's a big guy. But you love this stuff just as much as everybody else. And like you said, you started with some backyard wrestling, just like a lot of other people. But yeah, continue. Absolutely. Yeah. I anticipated being uh, the next Jeff Hardy. That was my initial yeah. goal in wrestling. Um, so I spent years, I was going to say hours, but it was hours <laughs> every day for yeah. years yeah. doing swantons and, and teaching my body to flip and twist and corkscrew. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sell my ass off and I'm going to do really cool stuff. <laughs> and then... I blow up my junior and senior year and I, your body, you know, muscle memory, your body still remembers that stuff. So I spent all these years teaching myself high flying stuff and then blew up physically. So yeah. I'm capable of doing things guys my size probably shouldn't be capable of. No, that's insane. So, and I okay, so yeah. So to, so yeah. So to dive deeper into it, yeah, I, I grew up, obsessed with jeff hardy and you know the hardy boys they were huge you know 99 2000 you know up until like 03 that was like prime so that's me as a teenager you know early teenager yeah so now dave batista it's 2004 2005 i'm now a junior i'm starting to work out seriously i'm starting to grow here's this batista guy I'm starting to resemble him a little. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, gear shift. This is what I'm going to be now. <laughs> and it's super cool because your story in AW kind of paralleled Batista's a little bit. And I was like, you know, that for someone that's a Batista fan and to have that play out that way, I'm like, childhood it's, dreams. Talk about it, right? It's it's absolutely terrifying. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying, but it's also absolutely beautiful because yeah. I didn't plan this. I didn't write this. This yeah. is just life playing out, and it's wild. Which is like you know you probably found, you know had that you know when we're younger and we're wrestling fans, we started like creating storylines in our own head. Like that probably played on your head, and then here it is, right? Yeah, um, I, we ran into some technical difficulties, and I was going to ask this later, but I'll ask it now because I, I went over, I don't want to take too much of your time. But since we're on the topic, Jeff Hardy has to be one of your dream opponents that you haven't worked with yet, right? Like. Because I was going to ask you who who were some of your dream opponents, and he has to be on that list if he uh, if he comes back. Yeah. So everybody assumes that's a dream opponent of mine. And right. Yes, that yeah. would be cool. I would love to wrestle Jeff Hardy, but more so than wrestle, I want to team with Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Like if I could do a six man. And just uh, be the team extreme for one night, myself and Jeff. I, yeah. I think that would be the ultimate dream, more so than actually wrestling him. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. He's my idol. I don't want to murder Jeff Hardy. Yeah. I'm going to murder him if we wrestle. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. murder him. Fair enough. That's actually a really solid point. At least that's where you could work with him and be together and to be part of the Hardy Boys. Like, that's everybody's yeah, dream. Bro. Hardy Boys. Names. Names. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about you getting signed to AEW, how that came about, what that meant for you. How long were you working in the independents prior to that? And then uh, obviously there was a WWE tryout there before, but then came AEW. Yeah. So, so I, uh, uh, this actually kind of backtracks a little. So I started pursuing uh, wrestling and started doing the indies yeah. um, while I was still at the car dealership. So it was, I still had a full-time job. I was allowed to wrestle, you know, once or twice a month. Yeah. Um, and then what really pushed me over the edge um, was heartbreak, like a real, legit, painful time in life. Mm -hmm. And it pushed me to go, I am going to make all of my dreams come true. And... I started looking into like doing voiceover work, doing acting. I was really pushing for to get, you know, more indie bookings. I'm like, I'm just going to make all my wildest dreams come true. I don't know how yeah. but I'm going to do it. Um, and an opportunity came uh, that allowed me to the, the tryout came about. And, and yeah. as soon as I caught wind of that, I just quit my job. I just straight yeah. up said, I am putting all of my faith into myself i'm putting yeah. all the eggs in one basket all i've ever needed is one opportunity so if i have this opportunity i'm golden so i just quit my job um for the first time in my life so yeah so you talked about that stability so i had health insurance and 401k yeah. and perfect credit that's the only wow. thing that would keep you there is that stability and then it's like what, what, what took you from that yeah yeah so so i quit my job to train full-time uh the tryout obviously ended the way it did and then i was left you know uh pretty lost and this was probably the second hardest time of my life where i am now for the first time in my life i'm living back at my mom's um, yeah i have shit credit i have no money no job and no clue what my future holds so I was desperately contacting every big indie booking there was, you know, they, they pretty much told me, go make a name for yourself. So yeah. I'm trying to contact every indie booking impact, anybody, um, warrior wrestling, fortunately picked me up and got me a little bit of extra exposure. Uh, so I'll always be thankful to warrior wrestling, man. Um, they really helped. They're me great. Out, they man. popped off a lot in the last four or five years. They're like, uh, they're, oh, they're, 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 shout out to warrior wrestling. Yeah. They're great, man. And they're like one of the, the only bigger independent companies that gave me a shot. And yeah. so I'll always be thankful for that. Um, so I was sleeping one day because when you're depressed and jobless and you take naps during the day. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I woke up and I had a voicemail from QT. Oh, wow. And yeah. It was, he was like, hey, um, few people have mentioned you. So... If you're willing to come down, if you fly yourself to Atlanta, we will take a look at you. And I later found out that they were trying to call me on my bluff. Because again, people okay. just think I'm some big dude that doesn't really need wrestling, just trying it out, whatever, doesn't take it seriously. Well, I had a flight that night. I was like, yep, <laughs> I'll be there this day. 
you know? Yeah. So uh, QT is also somebody that I'll always be thankful for. You know, I was a total stranger and I flew down to Atlanta and he let me stay in his home oh, uh, wow. with him and his wife for, for two or three nights. Yeah. It's one stranger. thing booking the flight, but hotel and everything now he had to see that. So like, that's very helpful. Yeah. So man, that was such a crazy experience. Um, and meeting Cody and, yeah. you know, QT and I worked in the ring just on the fly for three, four minutes. And Q Cody was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like we can do something with this. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, initially, when they started showing that Wardlow was coming, they showed the cool video packages. You're beating everybody up. You had a woman with you. Um, and then next thing you know, you were with MJF. Was there any original plans prior to your pairing with MJF? Like, did they have an idea what they were going to do with you? And when did that change? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, really, you know, Wardlow is just Wardlow. Yeah. Um, you know, that's my real last name. Yeah. And, and incredible. People, <laughs> yeah. 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 You want to talk about being born to do something, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you know, that's who I am. You know, I'm, you know, I love beautiful women and you know, <laughs> dressing nice and you know that's that's me so i yeah. think we were always going to be me um a certain somebody just happened to scoop me up before any plans yeah uh, got executed and i decided to go that route um and it turned out for the best i did it really did those three things that you did um that really stand out to me um as a fan growing up during the 90s and 2000s like the idea of like doing some of these things are mind-boggling one you got to wrestle cody in a steel cage match how was that what did that mean to you uh that will forever be one of the best nights of my life yeah because yeah, um, that was a great match too and that was like yeah. i think the first time we really got to see a cage in AEW, and i was like oh wow this is like a cool looking cage yeah that cage was huge yeah it that definitely looked yeah. That was the, like as far as a standard cage, not like a hell in a cell or anything. As far as a standard yeah. cage, I'm pretty sure that was the highest cage in the history of professional wrestling. It was so tall. Um, but yeah, that whole day was very special. I, I flew my mother out um, yeah. and brought her to the venue. Uh, so it was kind of like bring your mom to work day. She. We got to hang out together backstage and eat catering together. And yeah. she got to kind of experience this life um, that is as much of a dream for her as it is for me. So that was really special to share that with her. And then and then the whole night, um, so much pressure. And for everything were to go as smoothly as it went. Were you prepared for the moonsault off the top? Was that something you were like? Because that must have been nerve-wracking. This is probably like your first event with Cody Rhodes on a big stage. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I said, you, you couldn't have put any more pressure on me. You could not yeah. have. There's nothing else they could have thrown at me that could have put any more pressure on me than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. You know, I thrive under pressure, and I wanted, I wanted them to throw me in the deep end so I can show them how well I can swim. And boy, did I swim! <laughs> so speaking I, uh, of Michael pressure, <laughs> you did Michael Phelps it. Speaking of pressure, the one that I feel like people don't talk about a lot 
but stood out to me because like it really hasn't been done a ton in a, since like the 90s and we lived through the boom of MMA and UFC and everything is that you had that MMA fight with Jake Hager like you guys did that whole like we're gonna have a shoot fight how was that experience because I mean there's a lot of room for criticism there but you guys did a great job at that as well yeah man that's the thing that I'm I have mixed emotions on. I'm proud of yeah. it and I'm happy with it. And I know we, you know, we whooped on each other, but yeah, there's a lot of things I, I wish we would have done a little differently with that one. But, but that's fair because it it's, it's it not is. done a lot. It has, it's not done a lot. You guys did it. It's a fact that you guys did it and you guys tried it and you attempted it and you, it's still in the realm of wrestling. So there's going to be wrestling involved with it. But people are scared to do it, and you guys actually didn't. I think that's the part you should look at it from that perspective. It's like, well, you go out there and try to do it and see how you guys figure it out in this world of wrestling trying to do it. And I think it stands out because it was something different and unique, and a lot of people don't try to step on that. And I don't like you, you don't really have an amateur wrestling background, do you? Uh, a little bit. Um, I, I, I've done a little bit of boxing training, some jujitsu. Yeah. Um, so, all my friends growing up were wrestlers, yeah. and like I said, I was the runt. So I, yeah. I learned to be <laughs> scrappy. I think it's something you should be proud of. I think it's it's not a lot of people would do it or could do it, and you guys pulled it off, and it's pretty. It's it's something that like happened that you know a lot of people wouldn't have the uh, courage to try to go out and do in front of a live audience because it's like you know there's a lot of talk about pressure. Like I said, it's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of room for criticism there, but you guys did it. Thirdly, the one that I want to talk about is you got to wrestle CM Punk. Give it two years ago, nobody saw this even as a possibility. How do you feel about wrestling CM Punk? Another one of the best nights of my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was the first time, I think, ever that I've truly just been in the moment of the match. Okay. Um, I put so much pressure on myself, and I'm so tunnel vision when I go out there. It's just murder. Um and I and it was something maybe because it's punk and he's so damn good I felt so comfortable yeah and it, it was just the first time in my life where I went out there and I really looked around at the crowd and I really absorbed it and I really genuinely had fun and I think that's the only time I could say that and that it's something I'm working on and I'm trying to get back to that um, yeah. and I've experienced it a couple times um, since then um but man that was just i felt so good and i felt the crowd and it just oh that was an amazing experience was there any advice or anything punk said to you to kind of that you took with you from that experience um there's a lot that's between me and him though fair enough fair enough i guess we're gonna go to my next question and we're gonna wrap it up soon but we have to talk about the guy because you spent a lot of time with him we got to talk about max we got to talk about MJF. Um, clearly, you guys are paired together for a time being. You guys had a, an, a fantastic rivalry and feud right now. But for most of your career, you've been tied with MJF. And I'm just curious, like, what was your experience with him? How do you feel about him? And um, was there anything you took away from working with MJF as, you know, as a, as a duo? Honestly, I shouldn't even give this subject the time of day. Um, yeah. And I, and I really don't care to. But I, I do understand, you know, people got to understand we were together for three years. He was the first three years of my career. He was a big part of my career. Um, 
So if anybody is allowed to touch on this subject, it probably is me. Um, But I'll just say this. He's not a good person. Um, He really is a piece of shit. Um, It was not enjoyable working with him. And he put me through more stress than anything. Um, And his behavior inside of the business and outside of the business is unacceptable. Um, But that's all I'm going to say about that. Fair enough. Um, Moving forward, you're on your own now. And it's a little different because now we get to hear you talk more than we ever get to hear you talk before. Talking to you right now, I can tell that you're 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 a really great talker. You're eloquent, you're uh, articulate. But how is it now going out there and having to cut promos in front of a large crowd? Because that's something that's kind of newer to you now, having to cut promos on your own in front of a ton of people. How are you feeling with it? How's that going for you? Yeah, it. Um... Man, that's something just like the getting comfortable in the ring and learning to have fun. Uh, yeah. The same thing goes on the microphone, man. Like, yeah, I can sit down and do this with you and shoot the shit all day long. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, so my thing right now is getting this to come across on camera, um, which that takes time. And I'm not even really concerned about that right now. You know, my main concern is what I do in the ring. Um and beating people up and doing it fashionably and um, uh, chaotically. Um, so you did a good job at that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I know a year or two from now, I'll be able to grab the microphone and electrify an entire arena. That'll come. Uh, you know, we'll get there. But right now, that's not really, you know, who I am is, you know, letting the talking you know, well, letting right my now, actions in the ring being my hundred percent. You know? It's your presence and your actions that like that drew us to you. Like it's your presence. Yeah, nobody, re- nobody really wants to hear me talk. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that we know that you're gonna kick somebody's ass, you know what I mean? Like that's that's what we look forward to, man. And the, everything that from the backstage entrance to coming out there, the Wardlow chants, like we're on board, we're on this train with you. So no matter what, we're gonna ride with this train and be with it. But I just, just I want to know what it was like for you because like that's not something you really had to concern yourself with too much in the past three years. You did a little bit, but now you're on your own. Shackles are off, and it's like you're gonna have to talk sometimes. So like I just want to see where you're at with that. Um, what we do know that you're focusing on is the TNT Championship. That's your next big thing. I know you said you want to wait till Punk is back before you go after that world title. But till then, there's that TNT Championship. What drew you to the TNT Championship, and what are you looking to achieve if you were to obtain it? I'm sure you will because you're you, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the the initial draw to the TNT Championship is just what it was, what it represented at the beginning of AEW. I yeah. mean, the TNT Championship, in a lot of people's eyes, was the championship. Um, and, and there's a few guys that held it that put some real, real respect onto that title, put some real worth behind that title. Um, and since then, there's been a few guys that have kind of shit on all that. And uh, I feel responsible to take that TNT title and make it worth a damn again and, and make it worth something and bring some respect back to that title. And I want to make the TNT title, the title in professional wrestling. Uh, and I'm confident I can do so. 
but more so, it really comes down to shit got personal, you know, with Scorpio Sky. You know, I said it recently, you don't get to just disrespect Wardlow and get away with it. And yeah. Scorpio Sky is the only human being on this earth that currently has done that. So the fact that they left me laid out, I had that title won and, you know, I got screwed out of it. So yeah. this is this is beyond this is beyond names. This is beyond championships. Uh, this is beyond opportunities or what's right and wrong for me. This is personal. Um, Scorpio Sky's running around the company with that title, screaming, "He's the face of the company. He's the face of the company," and it drives me absolutely mad um, yeah. because he is so wrong. <laughs> so yeah, so this is personal. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for all everything that's coming up for Wardlow. You are the hardest act in wrestling right now. I appreciate your time. Um, this was super cool to talk to you. Uh, I'll always take the pleasure to know that I got to talk to you before you like you already are popping off, but before you big league me at some point. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, and dude, what a story! Just generally, what a story! And I, that's what I, I really want to see what you were doing before professional wrestling and then what made you go at it and just that betting on yourself and taking that risk and knowing this is what you want to do and doing it i think a lot of um people resonate with that i got a lot of people that follow my page and follow the brand that want to pursue professional wrestling and you know it, it's it, it is a big risk at the end of the day that being said if there's one advice that you could give for people out there that might want to do this what would you give them to wrap things up well kind of i was going to say it just from what you were speaking on like yeah, I'm just a poor, I was a poor, scrawny kid from middle of nowhere, Ohio. Yeah. If I could, who went through depression, drugs, alcohol, heartbreak, everything in the book, death, you know, my father passing away, you know, I've had the book thrown at me and I made it. So if I can make it, anybody can make it. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter if you're big or small. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you've had, you know, depression issues. It doesn't matter if you've struggled with alcohol, drugs, you know, if you can survive it and you can make it out of all that, you can make your dreams come true. I've, I'm living proof of it. He really is. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully I can have you on in the future again. I think we would catch up. Probably hopefully we don't run into any technical difficulties. I'm very sorry yeah. about that. But we'll, uh, good, man. we'll get you back on. I'm going to go let you get do your thing before you know you start coming at me through the screen. Everybody, yes. make sure you follow Wardlow on social media. Check him out. I'll put all his tags in the bio in the info section. Um, and everyone keep doing the thing. We'll see you all next time. Ooh, yeah. yeah dig it. Uh-huh. Thanks, dude. It's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. What's better than free money? How you choose to spend it. Open a CQ checking account and get $250 to spend freely. And that's not all this credit union offers. Do your banking, build credit, and invest in your future. Visit secumd.org today.